This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. This is News Talk 980 CKNW. And we are back at it indeed, the Employment Hour. Thank you for joining us. If you're just joining us for the first time, we deal about employment law. We talk about your workplace rights. We'll talk about your severance. You have phone calls. Bring them on. 604-280-9898 is the number. Star 9898 on your cell. We'd like to uh, get the show going, Lior, as we always do. And that is with the uh, the week that was. But uh, what's been happening with you? Hey, John. Thank you. Well, what's been happening is that I've been talking with a lot of people uh this week, with it, listen to the show that heard our show either this past week or the week before, uh, and and wanted to speak to me privately about their workplace rights, and, and that's tremendous. That's really why we're here and doing the show because we want to encourage as many people as possible to ask questions about their rights, not to be afraid to find out if they're owed something, if their employer was right to do something. Uh, that's that's your right, your basic right. You should know. So that's why we're here every week uh, right here on the radio to talk about workplace rights and employment law. And that's why I'm in the office every day talking to people yep. every single day about that. So don't hesitate. Give us a buzz right now till 5 o'clock. Let's chat. And, of course, give me a call at the office always if you want to talk privately, if you want to talk about your workplace rights. I'm the guy to talk to. I'm the guy to hopefully help you solve some of those issues and those problems. And to, to get us started today, uh, you know, before our phone calls come in, let me tell you about uh, some situ- uh, situations that I saw over the past few days. First situation, John, involved a gentleman who, uh, who called me after he was let go supposedly for cause. Now, this gentleman, what happened is he had about five sick days at his workplace, uh, like many employees do. You have a number of sick days. Yep. He took all those sick days earlier this year when he was sick. Well, a few months ago, he was sick again, uh, and he took another day off. When he came back, the company said, well, wait a second, you only had five sick days, you can't take another one, so just, we're giving you a warning now, uh, don't do that again. He thought that was a bit strange, because he was sick, what is he supposed to do? But, you know, he moved forward. Well, a few weeks after that, or a couple months after that, he's sick again, and when he comes back, they say, wait a second, we told you not to do that again. If yeah. you do that again, if you miss another day of work for being sick, then we're going to let you go. Well, sure enough, just recently, a couple of weeks ago, uh, he, uh, in fact, misses another day because he's sick. And by the way, this is all legitimate absences. When he comes back, the company says, well, we told you. We told you that if you miss another day, uh, that you're going to be let go for cause. We warned you, so you're out of here. We're letting you go for cause, and of course, that means no severance. He's very upset, understandably distraught, and that's when he calls me, and he wants to know, can they do this? What, what have I done here? Well, John, that's absolute nonsense. Of course, they can't let him go for cause. He didn't do anything wrong. Now, what I want our our, uh, listeners to know is that it doesn't matter how many sick days you actually have. When it comes to sick days, that's only have that has only to do with how many days the company is willing to pay you while you're sick. It has nothing to do with how many days you can actually take off because you're sick. So, if he has five sick days, the company will pay him for up to five days. If he's sick, but he could be off for 10 days, 20, 50, 100, whatever it is, if it's a legitimate absence and if he has a doctor backing him up. So he cannot be let go. It's not a form of misconduct. What what can he do? Not be sick? Come to work when he's sick? That doesn't make any sense. So this company really confused the idea of being off work and, and the idea of paid sick days. And I want our listeners to understand and remember that if you're sick legitimately, 
then you can't be penalized for it. It doesn't matter how many sick days you have at work. You have to you have to get better if you're sick. You have a right to get better, and the company can't penalize you, punish you, threaten you, fire you, uh, demote you, do anything to you in that situation. Uh, and if they do, then of course that that could be a wrongful dismissal. There may even be some human rights issues there. So uh, you have a lot of rights, and and John, a lot of people get those concepts confused between sick days and sick time. Very different right. things. You mentioned the uh, number to get a hold of you off the top, and that is six zero four two eight three thirty one twenty three. Our health at employmenthour.com. The phone lines are open. You want to start calling in. We'd love to hear from you. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. What else is uh, going on? What's your second matter? Well, second situation, John, kind of related to the first one. Uh, a, a lady called me uh, after she was also let go for cause. And what happened in this situation is she was on a disability leave for a while and recently she got cut off by the insurance company, by the long-term disability insurance company that said, we think you could go back to work. That was despite her doctor saying, no, she can't. Well, when the company heard that she supposedly can go back to work, they heard that from the insurance company, they said to her, come back to work immediately. And she said, I can't. Here's my mm-hmm. doctor's note that confirms I can't come back to work. Uh, and when she didn't, they said, well, because you, you did come to work, you're, uh, you're not allowed to be off. We're going to let you go for cause. And she was extremely upset. She now doesn't have a job. She's still unable to work. And she called me and she wanted to know, can they do this? Well, absolutely they cannot, John, not even close. It doesn't matter what the insurance company says. The only thing that you're allowed or that the employer needs to know, I should say, uh, about your absence is whether or not a doctor is backing you up. If you have a doctor saying you can't work, then the company can't do anything about it. It right. doesn't matter what the insurance company says to them. And in this case, this was a wrongful dismissal. They're going to owe her a lot of severance. They're going to owe her some human rights damages. So, and I also want to uh, mention here that because the insurance company cut her off when she was still unable to go to work, we're going to be able to also deal with the insurance company, the long-term disability insurer that should not have cut her off, that should have kept her on. So again, for our listeners out there, if your employer is going to uh, try to penalize you because you're sick or off work, or if your insurance company won't pay you when they're supposed to be paying you, you give me a call. Let me help you. Let me deal with that and resolve those problems. You know, it's something we uh, we should probably mention more is about uh, your firm. You also have your partner, Savan, who uh, most firms are not like this. Usually you get a disability and insurance firm or injury firm, and then you'll get an employment firm. You guys have had the brilliant move of putting them both in the same building because you always go back and forth with each other. Yes, John. So my partner, Sivan Tamarkin, he deals almost all every day, or multiple times a day, I should say, with disability issues. People that are, are dealing with problems from their disability insurers, where the insurance company cut them off, where the insurance yeah. company uh, didn't approve them when they should have. And oftentimes, these issues have to do with employment issues because your insurance company cuts you off, your employer then says come back to work, uh, etc. So we're able to deal with these issues together. We help people in those situations very, very often. And, and you you know, you have the, the power of knowing that either way you're covered and you're protected. So, man, if you're, if you're uh, in that situation, we definitely can help you. Not a problem. Severance pay, pardon me, severancepaycalculator.com, wonderful tool, been around for years now, literally hundreds of thousands of people have tried it and or used it, so give me some details on it. Well, Johnny, you lost your job, you need to know, the first thing you need to know is how much severance am I owed? You know, you usually can't get your job back, even if you've done nothing wrong, but you are owed severance and you're owed a lot more than you realize. That's why I created the severance calculator. You go to severancepaycalculator.com. 
You answer three questions. It takes 10 seconds flat to do it. It's anonymous. It's free. And you find out exactly how much severance you're owed. It's the very first place you go to if you lost your job. You're holding that severance letter in hand. It's unexpected. You're in shock. You don't really understand why this happened. But you still have to now think rationally and clearly. There's a decision to be made here because the company is going to put pressure on you to accept the severance package. You cannot do that until you know exactly what you're owed. SeverancePayCalculator.com. And even if you've never thought of losing your job, think for a second what you would be owed if you lost your job. And write down that number. And then go to SeverancePayCalculator.com and find out exactly how much you really are owed. I bet you anything that the number that you really owed is going to be a lot more than the number you wrote down on the piece of paper. SeverancePayCalculator.com. And it's completely accurate. It's not overstated. It's not overinflated. It's what you should be. It's your common law right. So people should know that moving forward, that the discrepancy between what their Uncle Bob told them or what their workplace <laughs> has given them and to what your severance pay calculator, go with the severance pay calculator. It's accurate, 100%. It is It is 100% accurate. And the, it's really the reason why I created it, because so many people believed that they're owed less, that they're owed a week's pay per year or two right. weeks' pay per year, and all those things are wrong. Or people got advice from the wrong people, their Uncle Bob, their Aunt Mary, or on some sort of a message board online. So forget about that. Let's find out exactly how much you're owed. Uh, there's now no reason ever to accept less than what uh, you're actually owed, like so many people have in the past, severancepaycalculator.com. Lines are open now. You'll want to give us a call. You have employment concerns, severance concerns, just general workplace questions. Bring them on, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. We'll take our first break here. You want to send an email across. We'll get to some of those later on in the hour as well. That is help at employmenthour.com. This is the Employment Hour right here. News Talk 980 CKNW. And we are back at it. If you're just joining us, the employment hour here on uh, News Talk 980 CKNW every Sunday, 4 o'clock, go right till 5. Your phone calls, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Talk about your employment rights, your severance, possibly workplace uh, harassment. Whatever your phone call brings, uh, ask it now. Lior will answer it for sure. Want to get into the topic of uh, forced uh, resignations, and I use that term lightly, resignations, situations where an employee is given no choice but to resign. So what's a... um, What's a real resignation, and how does one get severance if he resigns? Well, John, you know the the, the idea of resignation is a simple one. If we ask anyone, do you know what a resignation is? Yeah, they're going to say, of course we do. Uh, resignation is a situation where you, you you leave your job. But a lot of a lot of uh, misconceptions do arise when it comes to uh, resignations, and a lot of confusion. And in some situations, a resignation is really not a resignation, and, and the topic that we've had, we've chosen for today's show is forced resignations. Well, there actually isn't such a thing as a forced resignation. It's impossible to have a forced resignation because if a resignation is forced, it's not a resignation. Instead, a resignation is something that you do voluntarily and unilaterally. If you've made a decision on your own with no one putting a gun to your head uh, voluntarily to leave your job to resign, then yeah, that is a resignation. But if someone's telling you, you have to, okay? If someone's saying, you you have no choice, you better resign or else, then that is not a resignation because you yeah. haven't done it voluntarily. Someone told you you have to or someone put you in a situation where you, you felt you, there's no choice. So if you actually, quote unquote, resign, okay? Because someone said, well, you have to resign or you have no choice but to resign or here's all these bad things that are going to happen to you if you don't resign. 
And because of all that situation, if you resign, that is actually a termination. You've been let go, which means you get severance. So it doesn't matter if you said, I resign, or you put, I, I, I'm leaving on a piece of paper. If you've been put in a situation because someone threatened you, said something, did something, and now you have to leave, then you get severance, okay? It doesn't matter. The other way, by the way, John, uh, in terms of how you get severance, even if you resign, is if you resign because of a change to the terms of employment, what we call a constructive dismissal. So if you resign because your boss uh, reduced your pay or demoted you or relocated you, or maybe a poison work environment was created, right. it's very difficult to continue working. In all those situations, even though you're the one saying the words, I'm resigning, you still get severance. So what happens to uh, if an employee is told to resign or, or else? You have no choice. I mean, what happens to the employer? Well, John, if, if I'm telling, if I were to tell you, John, uh, you, you resign or I'm firing you. Well, either way, that means you're not working for this company anymore because I've decided that, right? If I'm right. telling you, you either resign or I'm firing you, the decision's been made by me that you're not working for this company anymore. So you say, okay, fine, I'll just resign instead of you firing me. That is still a termination. Because you're not leaving the job because you don't want to work there anymore. You're leaving the job because I told you, either way you're gone. So pick your poison. Doesn't matter. In that situation, that is still a termination. And an employer that does that, a lot of employers think that if they make an employee resign, well, they can avoid paying severance. No, no, no. It doesn't work that way. Uh, You would still owe severance. And in fact, uh, if you engage in conduct like that, where you you tell someone they have to resign and then say, hey, well, what do you want from me? Uh, he resigned. You actually may owe the employees some damages for your bad faith conduct. So it's wow. not a good idea for employers to, to put that gun, the proverbial gun to the employee's head and say, you have to resign or else. There's nothing to be gained by that. And even if yep. the employee resigns, it's still a termination and the employer is absolutely exposed. You have questions or concerns, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell to call through the show right till 5 o'clock today. So a lot of people are going to hear this and they're going to be, um, well, they're going to be concerned. I say, hey, you know what? They're telling me that. It's either, you know, we say you're fired or you quit. They're going to say, oh, I'm going to quit because it's going to look bad if I fire. They're worried about image afterwards. So, you know, should they be concerned about that? No, they really, really shouldn't. Because if you're being, if you're going to be terminated, then let's call it what it is. And listen, if you've done something horrible, you know, you you, you hit someone, you stole, then you know what? Yeah, fine, resign. Doesn't matter. You're not going to be owed severance. But if unless it's a cause situation, unless it's a situation where you did something awful, just something really, really bad, then let the company terminate you. And it doesn't matter what, in fact, they want to say, because we're going to not only be able to negotiate severance, we're also going to be able to negotiate a reference letter. We're going to be able to negotiate a, a mechanism to deal with any calls for, for references you may get. So don't be worried about this thing. Don't, don't think that it's better to resign. It's almost never better to resign yeah. than to be let go. It's just not, not the case. Uh, and by the way, if you say resign, the company may give you a record of employment that say that you quit. That may make it very difficult for you to get employment insurance. So it's just a horrible yeah. idea to, to resign unless, of course, as I've just said, yeah, if you made a decision, no pressure uh, for your own reasons to leave, okay, no problem. Then you resign, say go, go, goodbye, farewell. You get a record of employment that says that, and that's fine. Anything other than that, you should not resign. If the company doesn't want you there, let them terminate your employment. Let's get you what you're owed, and, and that's, the, that's the only thing you need to do. 
So uh, someone may be listening to this now going, you know, or walk in tomorrow and their boss tells them, you have to resign right now. First steps, what do they do? Well, they, first of all, I'd find out why this is coming up. Hopefully it's it's not completely unexpected. But, again, unless you've done something like, like steal, hit somebody, sexual assault or anything like that, unless you've done that, then say, no, I'm not resigning. I'm here to work. And if you've made the decision you don't want me here, well, I can't do anything about that, but that's on you. Okay, right. don't tell me I have to resign. I'm not going to resign. So it's as simple as that. And if you've gone to a meeting and that's what happened, send the, the, the person you met with an email afterward confirming that's what was said. You want to avoid a situation where it becomes a, a he said, she said down the road. Send an email. Let's confirm what actually happened. But you're going to not, shouldn't, shouldn't resign under any circumstances. Uh, and again, unless you did something bad, let them terminate you. Let them give you a letter that says that. That's just yeah. going to make it so much easier to get you your severance. 604-280-9898 or star 9898. You want to call into the radio station now, talk to Lior, ask a question. Feel free to do that. You've got lots of time to do so. Lines are open. So uh, sometimes it will come down to a he, sheds, uh, he said, she said. How do you prove it? Yeah, and you know it is always difficult. And I don't like he said, she said type situations because they're difficult to prove. So my rule is this: if if you've said something or someone said something to you or you had a meeting or something was said that you say, "My gosh, I wish there was some record of that because it was all verbal." Put that in writing. Send an email to someone confirming what happened. Uh, or, or if you really have to go old school, have a journal or or a, a diary or something where you write down what something happened contemporaneously. Now, that all, doesn't all necessarily just apply to bad things. Maybe you got a, a promotion or, sorry, a, a promise of a promotion. Uh, our, our plan is to promote you at the end of the year. Well, you know what? Verbally is not good enough. Send an email confirming, uh, thank you for our discussion. I confirm that you've told me that I'll be promoted at the end of the year. Create that written record. Make it difficult for someone to say it didn't happen, it's not true, it's not the way it is. Uh, the, the written word always wins the day. So as a general rule, not just about uh, resignations, not just about terminations. If you want to have a written record, create it. It's absolutely fine, uh, and you, you'll be happy you did, believe me. We're going to bounce over the phones after a, a short break here. That number is 604-280-9898 or star 9898. Give you a couple minutes here to uh, grab the phone and give Lior a call. We'd love to talk to you after a short break. Help at employmenthour.com. We'll continue our discussion on forced resignations and hopefully get to a uh, couple of your emails as the show continues. It is the Employment Hour right here on News Talk 980 CKNW. And back we go into the show right till 5 o'clock, 604-280-9898, star 9898 on yourself. If you just have a question you've always wanted to answer about your job or maybe something curious you've always wanted to uh, ask an employment lawyer, someone who knew, Lior's here to answer that call uh, right now, right up till 5 o'clock on the show as he is every Sunday here on uh, News Talk. 980-CKNW, talking about forced resignation. So how does someone prove that they were forced to resign? Again, we talked about it before we broke, and you got to have some written evidence, right? That's always the best way. Written evidence is the best. It, it, it yeah. wins the day. And so hopefully, if you know you listen to us and you're ever in that situation, you can create that written record to make it clear that, that you've resigned. But if you listen to us, hopefully you'll never be in a forced resignation situation because you'll simply say to your employer, well, no, I'm not uh, resigning. If you don't want me here, that's on you, but I'm not resigning. Yeah. But if, if that's already happened to you and you're wondering how do I prove it, well, you know, oftentimes credibility is also very important. If you 
believe that you've been forced to resign and it really wasn't your intention, even if you don't have anything in writing, I still want to talk to you. We still may be able to establish it and prove it. Uh, and, you know, if you're, you're, you're going to say it and you're going to be credible, as I'm sure you are, then that's fine. So people should never be walking away from their entitlements, from their rights, because they're concerned what someone else is going to say, if they're going to be able to prove that. Leave that to me. I can always deal with that. Uh, my my thesis here is if you're if you lost your job, even though you called it a resignation because someone told you you have no choice, you have rights, you have entitlements. You really should give me a call. How about the old uh, resigns in the heat of the moment? What if an employee pulls that one? Yeah, and and that happens, John. Oftentimes, you know, uh, things happen, things are said, and in the heat of the moment, you may do something that you don't intend. And I've had many people that I've spoken over the years where uh, they maybe got into a bit of a a, a funk or an argument with their boss, and in the heat of the moment, they say, that's it, I'm out of here, I'm gone. They went home, they calmed down, maybe they talked to their significant other, and they realized, holy cow, what the heck did I just do there? Uh, And they called their employer and said, no, no, I want to take it back. Uh, I'm not resigning. If the employer says, no, I'm not going to let you take it back, you said the word resign, that is still a termination. A resignation that happens in the heat of the moment, as long as you take it back fairly shortly thereafter, the employer has to take you back. If they don't, that's a termination. That's something that you can now treat as, as you being owed severance, even though you're the one that said resign. So if you're in the heat of the moment and you don't plan on actually resigning or you change your mind, make sure you tell your employer right away. Heat at the moment, my bad, not resigning. And if they don't take you back, you give me a call. And that number, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on cell. We will get to uh, Susan. Hi, Susan. How are you? Hi. Uh, I'm wondering uh, if a person is working for a temp agency and then uh, um, that temp agency gets you a job at a company and they like you and you like them mm-hmm. and they would like to actually hire you on full-time, does that company have the right to charge the temp agency a few thousand dollars for doing that? Well, that, that really has to do with the agreement between the temp agency and the company. So when the temp agency and the company uh, decide to work together, they'll have an agreement in place. And, and that agreement will say, what happens if the company wants to hire the employee directly, not through the agency? Uh, through the agency? And usually there would be a term that says, well, the company's going to have to pay something to the temp agency. Otherwise... They can essentially just you know, put the temp agency out of business. So yes, that's not uncommon, but ultimately that's between the temp agency and the company. It has nothing to do really with the employee. It's the agreement between those two. I see. Does that make sense, Susan? Well, I understand that. All right, then. If that is the case, uh, does the, the temp agency have the right to do that with on a different time level and everything for, a, uh, uh, for different companies? What, what do you mean, uh, different time level, different companies? I can give you a, uh, a, um, a time limit before you can go back and uh, apply yourself full-time without them. Yeah, so, so oftentimes there would be. because so, so the temp agency is in the business of, of uh, placing people and getting paid for that. So if, as soon as they placed someone, that person is kind of gone forever, then they wouldn't have much business. So one of the things that temp agency would do is if we place you, then you can't work for the company uh, directly for a period of time. You have to be with us for that period of time. So it all has to do with the agreement signed between the the person at the agency or or between the agency and the company. 
So it's not, they can't simply make up the rules as they go, but if you have signed an agreement and the agreement says, here's what's going to happen if I want to work directly with the company, then everyone has to abide by that agreement. Right, right, right. Uh, your phone call is 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. We'll get to an email. It is, by the way, help at employmenthour.com to write in. Christina says, uh, my employer has relocated our office two hours drive away. I was told that I can get a ride with a colleague so that I wouldn't have to drive myself if I don't want to. Do I have to accept the move? Uh, excellent question. And, and the answer is no. Uh, you don't have to accept the move. So a company, first of all, can't doesn't have the legal right to relocate you that far away. And even if they're going to uh, provide other means to get there, they're going to have someone drive you or give you some uh, you know, shuttle or whatever it is, it's still going to impact you because you're still going to spend that much more time on the road instead of working or still, instead of being home with your family. So it doesn't matter really uh, what the company does to help. If they're going to relocate you to the point and now you're spending another hour, two hours a day commuting, then that's not something they're allowed to do. And if they do decide to do that, you have the right to treat that as a constructive dismissal. You can say, no, I'm not going to accept that. I'm going to leave and make you pay me my severance. So there may not be a way to force the company to stop doing what it's doing, but you absolutely can get yourself out of there with severance, uh, you know, it's not every relocation, by the way, John, that results in a yeah. constructive dismissal. If they're going to relocate you five minutes away, well, no, that's not obviously going to be a constructive dismissal. But if it's going to be a significant change to you in terms of how long it takes you to get to work, how long you're going to spend uh, commuting instead of uh, being at home, then, yeah, that's a constructive dismissal. And if that happens to you, you want to give me a call. What you don't want to do is you don't want to continue working uh, with this new move, with this new relocation, because if you do, you're going to be considered to have accepted it, and then when you realize, holy cow, this is too difficult, it'd be too late to do anything about it. So give me a call if that happens to you, uh, to, to our, our listeners that sent that email. Let's talk about it. Let's uh, talk about whether it makes sense to pursue this as a constructive dismissal. I'm concerned about you just accepting it, and then you're considered to have agreed to it. Do you, Can you... Um... <sighs> What I try to say is, can you take it for a spin for maybe a week or two and see how it fits? And if it doesn't work, then you can say, you know what? No, I, I, I'm, I'm not doing this. I can't do yes. it. Yes. There's a very yeah. small window. Where you, when, whenever there's a change in the workplace, there's a small window for you to try it out. So maybe they've put you in a different role or they've maybe relocated you. You have the opportunity to see how bad it is or, or how good it is to try it out and, and uh, make a decision. Now, that's a small uh, window. Depending on the change, it could be a week, it could be a couple of weeks, something in that range. And if after that period of time you realize, no, I'm not satisfied, this is not acceptable, then you can still treat that as a constructive dismissal. So that's very important to understand. And if you take it for a longer spin than that, as you say, if you now it's been a couple of months, by then you definitely are considered to have accepted it. So whenever there's a significant change to the terms of employment, relocation, pay decrease, demotion, different duties, uh, etc., you have rights and, and you don't want to sit on those rights because if you sit on those rights, you're considered to have accepted it and then you're stuck. VancouverEmploymentLawyers.ca online anytime and to get a hold of the firm uh, anytime as well. 604-283-3123. We got open lines here at the station till uh, 5 o'clock today and that is uh, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. And our topic, as we were talking about uh, for the remainder of the show, I guess, will be forced resignation. So if an employee resigns because something happened in the workplace, uh, made it very difficult to continue working, say, then what happens? 
So th- this is a situation where oftentimes the terms we use is a poison work environment or a right. toxic work environment. Something's happened that makes it difficult to continue working. Maybe you're being harassed or mistreated or you're being put down, disrespected in the workplace. Uh, a work environment has been created where you feel uncomfortable to continue working. Uh, maybe you're intimidated to continue working or maybe you just uh, feel that you're so disrespected that just, you hate going to work. In many of those situations, you could treat potentially, again, your employment as being constructively dismissed. If your employer allowed a work environment to be created that makes it difficult to continue working, then you may be able to say, I'm out of here, and even though I am leaving, I don't really want to be leaving. I'm only leaving because of what's happened. So that may, in the eyes of the law, still be a termination. Now, when I say an employer allowed something to happen, it doesn't have to be directly. It may be a situation where the company itself didn't create the poison work environment, but the failure to do something about it, the failure to fix the problem, the failure to recognize you know, what you're going through may be enough to treat that as a constructive dismissal. So I don't want people to be uh, suffering uh, you know, quietly hoping or, or believing that there's nothing that they could do about it. If you're in a poison work environment, you may be able to get out of there with your full compensation, with your full severance, and leave and hopefully find a job where you're treated better. Now, I don't want you to leave before you talk to me. I don't want anyone to hand in a resignation first and then call me second. You call me first, we talk about whether it makes sense to leave, to resign, whether it's a constructive dismissal, and then we act on it. But you absolutely have rights if you're dealing with a poison work environment. Is that one of the situations, or is there other situations where it's sometimes better to resign rather than to continue working? Well, John, certainly there's a number of situations where it's much better to, to resign. If Obviously, if you're uh, suffering and your, your, your health is being impacted, you may be better off to, to get out of it, not to, to continue suffering and then have your health being impacted. Uh, and let's, let's, you know, better to resign and let's not continue working. In another situation, maybe as I said, if, if you're, let's say your salary is being reduced, you may be better off to resign and treat that as a constructive dismissal. If you accept that pay reduction, uh, then not only are you making less money, you're potentially giving the company the right to do it again in the future. So you may think, okay, I'll take a 10% pay cut because they've asked me and I'm going to be this good soldier. Well, the problem with being the good soldier is you've opened the door. Uh, You've opened the door and now you may have to take another pay cut and another and another. And those times you won't be able to do anything about it. So if your employer is changing your compensation or changes the terms of employment in a negative way, you may be better off to resign, even though it's a constructive dismissal, and leave with severance rather than continue working, John. And with that, we'll take our uh, one more short little break here. In the meantime, the phone line 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. It is help at employmenthour.com through email. And we'll get to more of the Employment Hour right till 5 o'clock here News Talk 980 CKNW. A few minutes still to go. Grab a phone, call in. We'd love to talk to you. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on sale. You want to get a hold of Lior or the firm anytime. Help at employmenthour.com for your concerns when we're not here doing the uh, the radio show. Let's talk a little bit about medical leaves. I know you touched on it. In fact, you did with the week that was back at the beginning of the hour. So when can an employee go on said medical leave? 
A medical leave, John, is something that you're allowed to take as long as a doctor says you can't work. So if you're sick, if you have a medical condition, whether it's it's a, a serious or not so serious, but if you have a medical condition that prevents you from working and a doctor is willing to, to say that and put that in writing, you're allowed to be off work. At that point, it's out of the employer's hands, okay? Once the doctor says you can't work, once you uh, hand that note to, to the company, the company doesn't have the ability to question it. The company doesn't have the ability to give you a hard time to say, no, it's not up to them. You're not asking for permission. You're simply advising the company. And you can be off work as long as the doctor says that. And, and if a company tries to uh, you know, give you a hard time, kind of like I, I was talking at the top of the show on the week that was, then there's potential human rights issues. It could be a wrongful dismissal. Uh, it's simply inappropriate for a company to do anything to you. If you can't work, if your doctor is corroborating that, that's all you need to do to, to be off work, John. Does it ever or does it matter if the employer doesn't have a short or long-term disability plan? Very good question. And, and a lot of uh, employers and employees get confused. They think, well, you know, I don't have a short-term disability plan, so you can't be off work. No, not at all. Whether a company has short-term or long-term disability only has to do with whether or not or, or you're going to get paid. Uh, the short-term disability or long-term disability plan is there to pay the employee while the employee can't be working, while the employee is not earning income. But if the company doesn't have a short-term or long-term disability plan, you're still allowed to be off on a disability leave. There's just no insurance plan to pay you while you're off. The company won't be paying you. You can apply to employment insurance. EI can can pay you for up to 15 weeks, I believe, while you're unable to work. Uh, there may be other government programs that, that you may qualify for, but uh, that all of that has, uh, all of that, just a long way of saying is, yes, it doesn't matter if the company has a short-term or long-term disability. If you're sick, if you can't work, you're injured, you have a medical condition, you have a disability, you can be off work as long as you need to, irrespective of any insurance plan, and the company can't do anything to you. Uh, there's no exceptions to that, John. Is there a time limit to how long an employee can be off on a medical leave? And, and uh, another good question, a lot of uh, people get worried when they're looking at longer absences and they think, can I be off that long? Well, the short answer, John, is an employer, or sorry, an employee can be off uh, work as long as they need to be, as long as a doctor says that they can't work. It doesn't matter if it's a week, a month, a year, or even longer than that. Uh, if you're uh, suffering from a serious medical condition, you may need a long time to get better, and that's fine. You can't lose your job because your absence is now too long. You can't lose your job because your employer is upset that uh, you're causing them a problem by being off work. You have a right to your job, and you have a right to continue to accrue seniority. And as long as the doctor says you can't work, that's all that matters. So when you're sick, the, the rule is do what you need to do to get better. If you're sick, disabled, injured, don't worry about your job. Your employer has to keep it open. Provide them with a the doctor's note saying that you can't work. Maybe update them throughout while you're off so that they have an idea that, that you're, you're still under doctor's care. Uh, but there's really no time limit as to how long you can be off work. So can an employer require an employee to see an independent doctor, someone they've set up? No, John. An, an employer really cannot require an employee to see another doctor. Some employers have asked that, well, you know, we, we don't think that your doctor is right or telling us the whole story. Maybe we don't believe you. So we're going to ask you to, to, have, uh, to see another doctor. Generally speaking, an employer cannot ask that. As long as your doctor is clear uh, as to whether or not you can or cannot work, 
They can't decide that they don't like that and to get a second opinion. You don't have to go see another doctor as long as your doctor is clear. So if your employer is saying, I want you to see another doctor, you're well within your rights to say, no, I won't. And again, you can't be punished for that. Uh, and, and if the employer does try to punish you, you know what to do. You pick up the phone, you give me a call. As far as another doctor is concerned, that's more the territory of the insurance company that can ask that, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. If you're dealing with a long-term disability or short-term disability insurance company, yes, they're allowed to have other people see you for the purpose of deciding whether you qualify for benefits, etc. That's okay. But that's only for the purpose of getting comp- compensation from an insurance company. With respect to being off work, your employer cannot say that you need to see another doctor. They cannot make unreasonable demands from you. Really, what they're entitled to know is whether you can or cannot work. That's it. Again, prognosis, not not diagnosis, correct? Prognosis, not diagnosis. Prognosis means can you work? What's the likelihood of coming back to work? Right. Okay, Maybe uh, what kind of limitations that you have? All that is information that's legitimate and that the employer has a right to know. The employer has a right to know how long you're going to be off work. The employer has a right to know what your limitations are, but that's it. Your employer doesn't have a right to know your diagnosis, what your medical condition actually is. That is private, and if your employer tries to ask you that, you're, again, well within your rights to say, no, that's private. Frankly, that's none of your business. The only thing you need to know, employer, is that I cannot work, and that's it. Good for another week, my friend. If you want to get a hold of Lior and the rest of his colleagues at the firm, very simple. The phone number is 604-283-3123 anytime. It is VancouverEmploymentLawyers.ca. Email help at employmenthour.com. And finally, we talked about it a few segments ago. It's very handy. It's a must-have, must-try if you've lost your job or wondering what your severance would be in the event that you did lose your gig, severancepaycalculator.com. Till next time, this has been the Employment Hour. News Talk 980 CKNW. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.